Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... Welcome to another edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm your host, Barry Watts, now in my 29th year of providing investment and tax guidance to retirees and business owners who one day hope to become retirees. Our podcast is full of tips, tricks, and ahas, little things you didn't know about how taxes are handled, about changes you can make that will result in your taxes being calculated differently and strategies for how you can manage your investments in a way that will get you maximum bang for your buck so that you're able to retire and stay retired. It's not unusual for people we coach to reduce their income taxes by six figures. That's right, $100,000 less paid in taxes than you would normally pay, all because of things they first learned on this podcast. Whether it's 100000 for you or only twenty or 30000 that you manage to save in taxes, that's money that you can redirect to your retirement so you can retire sooner and get started on the things that you want to spend your time doing once work becomes optional for you. The podcast always focuses around either taxes or retirement, and today's topic is centered a bit more around retirement and specifically about how to invest to increase your income in retirement. Now, I'd like to begin by thinking about where does retirement income come from? And this is an interesting topic. I know a lot of people who retire and get a little hung up on this, including my own dad. I recall when dad retired, he had a few million dollars here sacked up, but he's all confused about, well, how am I ever going to get any money out of it? And I had to say to him, hey, dad, that's what I do. Don't worry about it. Just let me send you checks. And I don't send him any checks because he likes to live off of his social security and mom's social security and brag each month about how much he saved off of social security. So good for him. Good for me and my brother, the heirs to the estate. Generally, though, when we think about retirement income, that income either comes from interest you've earned or from dividends. Now, at this moment in history, early 2022, Bankrate.com says CD rates are about one half of 1%. That's not too exciting, particularly when inflation is 7.5%. And that's why we call CDs certificates of depreciation. Now, here's why CD rates are so low. Uh, In the town where you live, banks might not be offering anywhere near even one half of a percent. And it's because banks can borrow from each other at the federal funds rate, which is 0.07%. I just looked that up on Bloomberg, by the way. That's the accurate number as of last night. Banks can borrow from each other at 0.07%. So if they can borrow the money they need at 0.07, why would they pay you one or two or three or even a half a percent for your money? So when you see a bank offering a half a percent, it's usually because of some special short-term deal that won't last very long. And in some cases, it's limited to only the first $10,000 or $15,000 or something like that. So CDs are just not a viable approach for most people. Maybe bonds are a better source of income. 
Well, according to Moody's, a AAA-rated corporate bond today is yielding 3.3%. Now, that's better than a CD at a half percent, but it still offsets only roughly half the current rate of inflation. So bonds aren't an attractive place to get income. What else is out there? What can you do? Well, if you aren't getting income from interest rates, CDs or bonds, about the only other place to get income is in the form of dividends from stocks. And I want to spend the rest of our time today talking about dividends, how they pay out, how they get to be a greater yield for you, and about a dividend strategy that you might want to consider talking with your own advisor about. Now, first, let's understand dividends, what they are and how they work. A dividend is simply how a company shares its profits with its stockholders. Many profitable companies pay those profits out every year in the form of a dividend. And sometimes it's rates as high as six or seven or even 8%. Those would begin to be numbers that are attractive to investors looking for income. But you have to be careful. And the reason you have to be careful is because, well, here's an example. I know a great dividend paying company in a great space, meaning it's a part of the economy that really works extremely well and is going to continue to grow. And it's currently paying about 5.5% in dividends. But in the past two weeks, the stock price has gone down in value by about 6%. So the dividend helps to buffer that. But if you're getting paid 5.5% in one hand and you're losing 6% on the other hand, you still aren't making any money. Let's talk about that company even just a little bit more. It's a company that I personally own. And I've advised some of my clients to purchase it. I bought it back when the dividend was paying about 7.5%. Pretty nice. And since I've owned it, the stock itself has increased in value by over 50% while I've owned it. So at this point, I've made 50% in gain, and I'm getting paid a 7% plus annual dividend. That works for me all day long and twice on Sunday. It works for me and every day that ends in Y. So when the stock price fluctuates a little bit, as it has recently, goes down by 6%, it doesn't bother me because I'm still up about 45% on the price and I'm still earning about 7% on my dividend. But a new investor who would come in today would only earn 5% roughly. Why? Because the stock price is higher today. And so the percentage of income that is being paid out in the form of dividend divided by the stock price then gives you a lower dividend yield number. So where can you find opportunities like the one that I just happened to mention? Well, you've got to know how to hunt for them, how to identify them, which ones to select, and then you've got to be a little bit lucky. What I want to do today is teach you about a strategy that I use personally, and I recommend that my clients use to identify these better dividend income opportunities. But before I do that, I must warn you, this isn't a panacea. It doesn't work perfectly every time. Investment always includes risk, and past performance never guarantees future results. Companies could even reduce their dividends or stop paying them altogether if they chose to do that. And a further thing that you need to be aware of is today's best dividend-paying companies won't necessarily be the best tomorrow. So don't think that when you're listening to this podcast, that whatever companies were the best dividend payers when I recorded the podcast will necessarily be the same ones by the time you listen to the podcast, everything will have changed. So what we're talking about today is conceptual in nature. It's to teach you and help you understand, but all the companies and all the numbers will be different by the time you get ready to implement any of these things. Now, 
Let's deal with the issue of what makes dividend yield increase. Dividend yield is the, the percent you're earning. It's the thing that you might choose to compare to a CD rate or a bond rate in terms of how much percent income that I'm getting. Of course, it's quite different to have your money in CDs or bonds than it is to have your money in a stock because stocks are typically much more volatile than bonds would be. And CDs are typically not volatile at all because they're insured by the FDIC. So let's get our minds around what makes a company's dividend yield increase. There are two things that could make this happen. First, the company could just decide to pay out more in dividends. And if they were paying out more and their stock price didn't increase, then their dividend yield would increase. For example, let's say the company's stock is trading at $100 and they're paying out $3 per share in dividends every year. Three divided by 100 is 3%. The dividend yield is 3%. But what if they were particularly profitable one year? So they decided to raise their dividend to $4 per share. In that case, their dividend yield increased from 3% to 4%. That's a 33% increase in income, right? Yeah, that works. But there's another way that a company's dividend yield can increase, and that is if their stock price goes down. Now, we don't want to buy a company and have its stock price go down. <laughs> we want to find the companies whose stock prices have gone down. And as a result, their dividend yields are increasing. So let's take that same company trading at $100 per share and paying a $3 dividend for a 3% yield. And let's say something inside or outside of the company could be COVID, could be people flying jet airplanes into tall buildings, could be a president of the United States uh, who resigned or got sick or assassinated, could be a January 6th kind of crazy event, could be any number of things on the outside or inside the company. It could be just that they missed their earnings or something went wrong in the company, a new product they thought they were going to roll out didn't work, or maybe a product they'd already rolled out was discovered to be harming people. And so now they've got a lot of liability in the company. So the company's stock price begins to slide. And let's say this $100 company sees its stock price slide by 50%. So now the company is trading at $50 a share instead of $100 per share. Now it's still a profitable company. It's still doing what it did back at $100 per share. It's just suddenly become unpopular for some reason, but it's still paying $3 per share in dividends. But since the price is now $50, the dividend yield is now 6%. So suddenly that company became pretty attractive in terms of yield, because if you know the company and you feel confident about its future, then you're not worried about investing in it because the price has gone down. In fact, that's a buying opportunity for you. And the buying opportunity is accompanied with a pretty nice dividend in this illustration of 6%. Now, this type of company might be entering into what we would call the value zone. You've probably heard of value investing. Stocks are sometimes identified as value stocks. Uh, though there's more to value investing than just a low stock price, that is one of the criteria. Value investing like this is one of the long-time validated ways of investing. In fact, here's another example of value investing. During the pandemic, in May of 2020, Wells Fargo, the big bank, got caught up in the panic surrounding COVID. And suddenly its stock price dropped like a rock and it hit a 52-week low. Now, as I recall, it was at that time paying a dividend north of about 7%. So being the rocket scientist I am, I thought about this and I said, okay, 7% dividend check. 
52 week low on the stock price. So there's value inherent check. And it's Wells Fargo, which I don't think is likely to go out of business, Jack. So I bought some personally, and I advise my clients to do the same. It wasn't long until Wells Fargo cut its dividend by a lot, back down to 1% or 2% or something like that. But only 10 months later, when we figured out that COVID wasn't going to be the end of the world, I sold my Wells Fargo stock for a gain of 68%. Now, because I sold it in only 10 months and didn't wait a full year, I might have to pay capital gains at the ordinary income tax rate rather than the capital gains tax rate. But because I had done this in a qualified retirement account, the capital gains didn't affect me personally. Now, this is just a conceptual example. You can't go buy Wells Fargo stock today and expect this to happen, and you shouldn't. I'm just helping you understand something that I did that happened to have worked in the past. It's an example of how value investing can work. But it doesn't work that way all the time. It's not guaranteed to make money. What is it they say? Past performance doesn't guarantee future results. All investment involves risk. You could lose money. But this is the concept. When a company's stock price goes down, its dividend yield mathematically increases, and it becomes attractive for value investors and for people who are looking for dividend income. Now, it's time for a pop quiz. Who is the greatest value investor of all time? Can you hear it in your brain? Do you hear the drum roll coming off as we're waiting for the name of the greatest value investor of all time? Of course, it's Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. So when we talk about value investing, we're talking about something that is, is so mainstream that the greatest living investor, Warren Buffett, this is what he does and what he is known for. So my favorite way of finding stocks that pay nice dividends is to look for stocks that might have, for some reason, gone down in value and thus their dividend yield increased. Now, let me give you a real life example of a way that you could potentially use this strategy. Do not try this at home. You should involve your own personal investment advisor in this, but it's a strategy that you certainly will want to discuss with him or her. So let's start by narrowing the field because there are what, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 50,000 stocks you could buy. Well, we can't look at all those. Let's narrow it way down to just the 30 stocks that are in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And if I read you the list of all those stocks, you would know nearly every name. Now, remember, as you listen to this, the data is likely to be old. So don't make an investment decision based on this data. I'm just trying to teach you a concept. So right now, today, the number one dividend-paying stock on the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a company everyone has heard of called IBM. And it's paying a 5.28% dividend right now. How would that be to own Big Blue, as they call it, at 5.28%? The second highest dividend paying stock in the Dow is Verizon, paying a dividend at 4.76%. Now, look at that for a moment. Do you think the cell phone business is going to stay in business? Are we going to keep using our cell phones, or is it going to go the way of the buggy whip? I'm thinking that cell phones are going to stay in place. The number three stock is Dow Chemical, paying 4.6% in dividends. After that is Chevron paying 4.2%. After that is Walgreens paying just over 4%. So chemicals, oil, uh, pharmaceuticals, I bet those are all going to stay in business. So if we bought these five stocks, our dividend income would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.5% without considering any change in stock price. 
So if you put in $100,000, then you're going to get about 4,500 bucks a year in income just off the dividends from those particular holdings. Now, historically, depending on how far you go back, but historically, uh, going back, let's say, to the turn of the century, just over 20 years, these five stocks have increased in price somewhere in the ballpark of 6% per year. There's no guarantee that they'll do that in the future. But what's that mantra again? Past performance doesn't guarantee future results. All investment involves risk. You could lose money. But think about it for a moment. If your stock were paying a 4% dividend every year, and if the price of the stock increased by 6% per year, then that would become a total return of 10% per year. And coincidentally, that's roughly what people who have followed this strategy have experienced year in, year out over the past 20 years. Not every year, but on average. Now, let me tell you about some times when this kind of approach has not worked. When the stock market is in a great boom, like it has been in until just recently, and like it was during the dot-com boom of the late 1990s, which some of our listeners will be too young probably to even remember, but the 1998 and 99 were really great years in the technology space. I remember we had one particular investment that literally went up in value 100%. And here's a confession for you. I didn't have sense enough to sell it. <laughs> because I had bought into the myth then. I was new in the business. Give me a little break here, only a few years in. I'd bought into the myth that trees grew to the sky and that gravity had been repealed. Well, today, one of the things we teach our clients is trees never grow to the sky. Gravity hasn't been re repealed. And when we get a great return, we collect our wins and take some money off the table and move on. But in the 1990s, the technology dot-com boom is going so strong. And just like the recent market that we've been through, the bull market since 2016, a value-oriented strategy like I've just described to you that's driven by dividends has lagged the overall stock market in its performance. So in times of great optimism in the markets, when everything is coming up roses, you might find yourself a bit discouraged using a method like this, if you start comparing it to the market overall. But during times of uncertainty, when the markets begin to pull back, people start looking for more reliable income. And a strategy like this begins to look very attractive to some people. So what about you? Should you use this strategy? Well, I can't tell you that because I don't know you. I don't know your situation, but I think it would be worth considering and talking with your advisor about. And if you don't have an advisor, but you need one, and I think everybody needs one, and here's why. I don't do my own personal brain surgery. I don't work on my own car. I'm a tax expert and I don't even do my own tax return preparation. So, I think everybody needs a tax expert and an investment expert in their corner. And if you don't have an expert like that in your corner, that's where we come in. We have an investment advisory company as a part of our family of companies that provides this kind of guidance to clients. And we'd be happy to talk with you about whether or not we could be of help and how we might be of help to you. And in a moment, I'll share with you how you can connect for us for that conversation. So here's the big picture. Using a dividend strategy to create income isn't the end-all, be-all way to invest in a retirement portfolio. It's part of the picture. And when we use it for clients, we use it as part of an overall portfolio. It gives balance. 
It provides income. It steadies the portfolio a bit when the markets get volatile. You see, investing properly is kind of like eating properly. You need the right balance of protein and fat and carbohydrates in your diet, along with a sprinkling of vital minerals called vitamins. You're welcome. <laughs> you didn't know why they were called vitamins, did you? It's because they're vital minerals. Those are essential micronutrients to give you good health. And a good portfolio, a healthy portfolio, comes from that same kind of balance. It's got some big building blocks in it, the, the protein and the fat and the carbohydrates, but it's also got essential micro positions. And those micro positions won't make you rich, but they might keep you from becoming poor. And that is our first objective when we're managing money for retirement. Don't get poor. Don't let yourself run out of money before you get to the end. You want to die with some money left. I heard somebody say, and I, I think it's funny, uh, really, the way you want to do it is you want to make it so that the last check written to the undertaker bounces. <laughs> and, and I suppose that would be the ultimate example of success if you could pull that off. But indeed, our clients actually want to leave legacy to heirs and are able to do that extremely well, sometimes by using strategies like this. So hopefully today you've learned something about investing for dividend income that will be helpful to you in positioning yourself for a financially successful retirement that allows you to enjoy your retirement years when work is totally optional for you while always sleeping well at night. If that occurs, then we've done our job here on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. It's been my pleasure to be your host and teacher today. I'm Barry Watts, the founder of Wealthcare Corporation, an educational company in the areas of tax and wealth management and retirement and estate planning. And a part of Wealthcare Corporation's family of companies are American Tax Strategies, LLC, a tax strategy firm, and Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. And if those sound like areas where we can help you, then I invite you to reach out and schedule some time for us to talk. You can do that by simply going to savingyoutaxes.com. And there you'll find a telephone number that you can just pick up the phone and dial us and my assistant will get the two of us scheduled together for a brief conversation. There's a response form where you can just put in your name and address and, and uh, phone number and then we'll reach back out to you for the same purpose. Either of those, the telephone number or the response form will get us connected so that we can have a personal conversation about your situation. Meanwhile, don't forget that when it comes to investing for and in retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. This podcast is a production of the Wealth Care Corporation. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal, tax, and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not as advice for you specifically. The lawyers like us to remind you that all investment involves risk and you could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. 
Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.